0: news. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: Listen, if the Lord chose to, he could stop our supply of food immediately. We would starve to death. All he has to do is cause rain to cease and withhold the sun from shining, and the land will eventually become so barren that farmers couldn't possibly grow any crops. And then we, we don't eat, and we eventually die. So be grateful and thank God for every meal that he provides for you because as a loving and kind shepherd, God does provide meals for us, and he does it in order to sustain us physically. And the reason he sustains us physically is because he loves us and he is committed to our physical welfare until the moment he chooses to take us to glory and then we have no other physical issues going on.
2: Wouldn't it be nice to have no physical issues to concern us? We all know that that's not going to happen in this life, but I sometimes get excited thinking about the possibilities in the life to come. Food? Food? clothing, shelter, health, those things are all valid and inescapable concerns in this world. Yet sometimes we get so immersed in dealing with or worrying about our physical situation that we lose sight of God's ability and desire to give us this day our daily bread. In fact, one of Satan's favorite weapons against us is to keep us focused on our needs rather than on God's provision. Remember that God sustained 3 million Israelites in the desert for 40 years. I don't think your needs or mine are going to tax his resources or his generosity. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve is unpacking for us one of the most wonderful pieces of literature ever written. Psalm 23 has been a favorite of Christ followers all throughout history. Every time I read this psalm, I see something I didn't understand before. Perhaps you've had similar experiences. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told about how our Heavenly Father knows every one of our needs and is committed to meeting them. Here in Psalm 23, David used two different word pictures to describe God's loving care for us. In the first four verses, David compared the Lord to a perfect shepherd and us to his imperfect sheep. Now in verse 5, David changed gears to liken Jesus to a gracious host, and we are his guests. If you have your Bible handy, keep your finger there in Psalm 23, but we'll soon be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, so you might want to be ready to follow along. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's lesson from God's Word.
1: So his loving and kind shepherd who has led him through these difficult times, as I said, he invites him to be a guest in his home. And the first thing he does, because he's attentive the shepherd, he's thoughtful, he's sensitive, first thing he does is he meets David's need for physical strength by giving him exactly what he needs at that very moment. And what is it? A good meal. He doesn't need a Bible study right now. He needs a good nourishing meal. And what further supports this thought of physical food being served to David as opposed to the spiritual food of Scripture is that he tells us that this table that was set before him was set before him, he writes, in the presence of my enemies. In other words, he sat down to eat his physical food, even though he was surrounded by many of his physical enemies who were out there, outside of the tent, not in the tent, and they wanted to attack him, but they didn't dare attack him. The reason that they didn't attack him was because, according to the custom of that day, an honored guest was always safe in his host's home because his host was obligated to protect him at all costs. So yes, there are enemies out there, and these are physical enemies, but they're not touching David because his shepherd's taking care of him. So David is telling us that he was able to sit down and partake of a good meal, feeling completely safe and completely secure under the care of his shepherd. See, folks, what we learn from this is that our God is so thoughtful, so sensitive, to us, so kind that he doesn't overlook our physical needs. He doesn't consider our hunger to be something that's just so mundane and and so of this world that it's just beneath him to provide food for us. No. He cares about us, about every area of our lives. And so he makes sure that we have food to eat. He knows that we have physical needs. He knows that we can't continue to exist unless those physical needs are met, and so he graciously provides for us. Isn't this exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said in what we call the Lord's Prayer, when you pray, he said, one of the things you're to pray for is for your daily bread. He said that when we pray, we're not only to pray for spiritual things, like recognizing that God's name is hallowed, holy, praying for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But he also said we are to pray for the mundane things of daily food, our need for food to be met. Give us this day our daily bread. There's no reason to spiritualize that. He's talking about bread, food, nourishment. And the reason Jesus said to pray for food each day is because God is glorified by showing himself to be kind and loving in providing food for us. Let me show you an important passage of Scripture. First Timothy chapter 4 starting in verse 1. We read, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits. Doctrines of demons. So in the end times some will apostatize. They will have claimed to know Christ, but they will fall away and there will be obvious because they're going to be seduced by demons who are going to teach them things that they'll follow by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own consciences with a branding iron. These false teachers, these men who are going to teach doctrines of demons are going to be liars. Their conscience will be seared so that it's beyond feeling anymore. And Paul, then in verse 3, says about some of the things they're going to be teaching. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. Now, as I said, Paul is warning Timothy about men, false teachers, who would teach asceticism. What is asceticism? Asceticism says, I will deny and deprive my body of certain pleasures because that is pleasing to God and makes me more spiritual. That's asceticism. Earning favor with him as I deny myself things. We deny ourselves some physical desires. But Paul says that's absolutely wrong. You can't please God by asceticism because God First of all, that's not how you please God. You please God by faith. But God created the institution of marriage, and he created all foods, and they are good, he says. And therefore, all food is to be received, all food that God has created is to be received with gratitude. In other words, God is glorified when we are thankful for the food that he has provided for us. So don't reject it. Embrace it. And be thankful. That's why every one of us should be grateful to God for the food that we eat. Not just on Thursday Thanksgiving Day and meal. We ought to be grateful to God for every meal we have. Because that food, that meal that we put into our mouths has been provided by our gracious shepherd host. That's why before we eat a meal, we we should pause and give thanks and not just gobble the food down as if we somehow deserve to have these, these appetites and our faces filled. None of us should ever take God's provision of our daily bread for granted. So think about that the next time food is in front of you. And don't just go through just a, a prayer of mundane rote words as if it's an obligation. Think about what you are saying that God has given you this food. Every meal is a table that God has prepared for you because he cares for you and treats you as an honored guest in his home. Listen, if the Lord chose to, he could stop our supply of food immediately. We would starve to death. All he has to do is cause rain to cease and withhold the sun from shining and the land will eventually become so barren that farmers couldn't possibly grow any crops. And then we, we don't eat and we eventually die. So be grateful and thank God for every meal that he provides for you. Because as a loving and kind shepherd, God does provide meals for us and he does it in order to sustain us physically physically. And the reason he sustains us physically is because he loves us and he is committed to our physical welfare until the moment he chooses to take us to glory and then we have no other physical issues going on. This is precisely what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 6. So let's turn there. Matthew chapter 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount, as our Lord warned his followers not to worry about having enough food and water to continue living. These were very poor people. They didn't know if they were going to have food for tomorrow. They didn't know if they were going to have enough clothing to keep them warm and protect them from the raw elements in Israel. And notice what our Lord says, first starting in verse 25 of Matthew 6. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body. As to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they don't sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, could add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things Your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Brilliant, brilliant. Now the primary point of our Lord's words is to encourage us to trust him to supply those things that we need to sustain our physical lives like food and water and clothing to protect us from the elements. He tells us that unlike unbelievers, that's the Gentiles he's talking about here, pagans, unbelievers, the heathen, who are obsessed, obsessed with maintaining their physical lives. Notice again how Jesus said that the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. That's what life is all about. For them, it's staying alive. That's what life is. Staying alive, having being happy, sustaining their lives. Our Lord tells us, in contrast to these unbelievers who are absolutely obsessed with maintaining their physical lives, we have a loving, heavenly Father who takes care of us. He knows all about our needs. And you know what? It is His responsibility to take care of us. Having given us physical life, our Father is responsible to sustain that life so that we continue living until the moment that he has ordained for us to die. That's why he says in verse 27, who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? The answer is nobody. Now you might make yourself sick by worrying, but but you're not going to live any longer. And by the way, this doesn't mean that we have a license to be lazy, as if God is is just going to give food and money And water into our hands. No we work for this. But it's his responsibility to provide for us. That's the ordained means. That he provides for us. And since we can't as I said die a moment. Before the time God has ordained for us to die. It makes no sense to worry about these things. So Jesus tells us. That we are to stop. Being anxious about whether or not. We're going to have enough food to eat tomorrow. And start focusing. If you're going to be obsessed about something. Be obsessed about. Practicing righteousness, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. What's he talking about? Everything he's just taught in the Sermon on the Mount. That's all the righteousness that he's taught about. Seek that instead of pursuing physical food for your sustenance. Be obsessed with seeking first his righteousness by living in obedience to his word. You're going to be obsessed about something, that's what you get obsessed about. And what David, as we go back to Psalm 23, what he's telling us in this psalm is that God not only gives us enough food to physically sustain our lives, but he treats us like a special guest in his home as someone to honor, as someone to serve. Isn't that incredible? He's our host. Listen, this is the heart of God. To treat us, Wretched sinners that we are as his honored guests. I want you to see just how gracious and how kind God's heart actually is towards us in this area of hospitality, especially in providing food for us and serving us. You must look at Luke chapter 12. This is so incredible, it, it is beyond total comprehension. In Luke chapter twelve, Jesus is talking about his return, and he's telling his followers that we are to be we need to be ready for when he comes back, prepared for his return, his second coming. But what really is astounding is what Jesus says he's actually gonna do for those servants of his Who are waiting for him to return and who were faithful in serving him during his absence. His absence being this present age. Look at Luke chapter 12. We break in at verse 35. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast. So that they may immediately Open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Do you see what he's saying? Do we understand when Jesus says that this master upon returning home is going to, and I quote, gird himself to serve and, and have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Folks, he is referring to himself. He's the master who has returned. He's the one. This means that when Christ returns at his second coming and he establishes his kingdom on earth, Get this, he's going to serve us food. He's going to wait on us. Our Lord is going to serve us. I find that amazing. It is almost incomprehensible that the God who created the universe and who died on the cross for our sins would actually be our waiter in the kingdom and serve us food. I find that incredible. Now, unlike the imagery of Psalm 23, where David speaks of God as a shepherd honoring us as his guests in his home, in Luke 12, the picture is that of of slaves, of of servants, welcoming their master home from being away. In this case, he's away at a wedding feast. He's been away traveling to some place. And now he returns, and the master then comes home, he turns around, having been greeted by his servants, he turns around and starts serving them. Those who had served him, he starts serving them. Although these two images are different, they reflect exactly the the same thing about God's heart. It is incredibly kind towards us. You talk about humble. You talk about merciful and kindness and compassionate. Concerning this rather unusual picture of a master serving his slaves, Bible teacher Kent Hughes has painted what I think is a very vivid picture of what he imagines this precious scene might be like when Christ returns. Here's what he's written What a lovely scene greeted the returning master. Warm light streamed from the windows, breathless, smiling, eager servants bearing shining lamps gathered at the door, and no doubt there was a choice nocturnal snack on the table. He writes, my revisionist mind imagines peanut butter cookies and milk. Welcome home, master. We're all so glad you're back. Here, give us your robe. Sit down. Let us wash your feet. You must be so tired. Then Kent Hughes continues, this was lovely indeed. But even better was what happened to the servants. Jesus went on, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. He writes, you see, the master was so moved by their faithfulness that instead of sitting down at the table, he dressed himself to wait on them made them recline around the table and serve them. What joy is portrayed in this night feast, this girded, bare-legged master setting dishes before his servants, refilling their cups, happy, even uproarious conversation floating from the well-lit house. Now, folks, I I hope you can just get a picture of that. Our Lord is going to return and serve us this is how Jesus said it will be with his followers when he returns. As our Lord, he's going to serve us, his servants, just like he did with his apostles in the upper room when he wrapped a towel around his waist and washed their feet. He's going to wait on us. He's going to serve us with his own scar marked hands. What grace! What warmth, what what humility, what love, but that is our Savior, and that's why this psalm is so encouraging. As we welcome our Lord home as his grateful servants with just outstretched loving arms, he'll stretch out his loving arms to serve us. Amazing. But we don't have to wait until Christ's second coming to experience this kindness that he's going to extend to us in serving us food, because David says here in Psalm 23 that as our loving shepherd, every meal that we eat, the meal that you're going to eat after the service today, that's a table that he's prepared personally for you in the presence of your enemies. You're safe. You're secure.
2: During the American Revolution, a man in civilian clothes rode past a group of soldiers repairing a small defensive barrier Their leader was shouting instructions, but making no attempt to help them. Asked why by the writer, he retorted with great dignity, "'Sir, I am a corporal.' The stranger apologized, dismounted, and proceeded to help the exhausted soldiers. The job done, he returned to the corporal, and he said, "'Mr. Corporal, next time you have a job like this and not enough men to do it, go to your commander-in-chief, and I will come and help you again.' Yes, you guessed it. That was none other than George Washington." Now, I'm not 100% sure that this story is actually true, but I do think it's a good picture of Christ's humility in all he did and does and will do to serve us, as well as his expectation, by the way, that you and I have that same attitude towards each other. You've been listening to Verse by Verse. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, is guiding us through the 23rd Psalm, an eloquent testimony by King David to his Lord's faithfulness. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 30 years as the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you're in the area on a Sunday morning and are looking for a place to worship, I know you'll feel welcome at Lakeside. Lakeside is located at 1831 Sunset Point Road there in Clearwater. You can get directions and more information, by the way, at the website www.lakesidechapel.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to Lakeside's Christian School, which provides an environment of quality academics set in a biblical worldview for grades K-5 through the 12th grade. And there's also a link to Lakeside's other significant ministry, a ministry you're listening to right now, verse by verse. You can visit the Verse by Verse website either by clicking the link on Lakeside's website or go directly to www.versebyverseradio.org. You can learn more about Steve Kreloff and about this ministry of providing verse-by-verse explanations of the Bible that are both understandable and applicable to daily life. In his discussion of verse 5 of Psalm 23, Pastor Steve has so far been considering Jesus' provision of our food, but then David went on in verse 5 to say that his shepherd anointed his head with oil. This is your announcer, Jerry Peterson, inviting you to join us for the next Verse by Verse. We'll be considering what that anointing meant to David and what it might mean to you and me.
0: You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse.
2: We're here to give you strength between.